For all your fantasy football needs, check out the Ringer Fantasy Football Show with me, Craig Horlbeck, along with Danny Heifetz and Danny Kelly. That's the Ringer Fantasy Football Show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York, we want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by Lincoln in the all-new 2024 Nautilus Hybrid. Featuring a customizable 48-inch panoramic display, available Revel audio system, and available perfect position front seats with active motion massage. Oh my God. The world isn't wide enough. Visit Lincoln.com to learn more. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford or its affiliates. All right, guys, we're back with Thursday's show. Second time ever we've been on the couch. It feels nice, though, because I mean... Who's the only other person? Aaron Aaron Weber. This is Aaron nice. Carter? Aaron we- Weber, you know, the comedian Aaron Weber. Yeah, he's a... I saw him on social media today. That's how it's I... Aaron Carter? Aaron Carter is a Backstreet Boy brother who's Backstreet. no longer okay. with us. Oh, he's dead? Well, yeah. <laughs> it's okay, he, he knows he's dead. He's on scene. I didn't know that. Okay. He passed. Mark Feinstein with us, though. <laughs> This is a step up. I like Aaron. Mark is a step above Aaron. Well, for the sports world, absolutely. Yeah. Know. For stand-up comedy world, I don't know if people would say the same about Mark. <laughs> but, I mean, we don't know for sure. So Mark uh, in town for the winter meetings. MLB.com, right? I, I think we I've butchered this in the past. Yes, yeah, MLB.com and MLB Network. Oh, okay. There we go. So you, a, a big shot. We'll say that. <laughs> yeah. uh, you said it, not me. Okay. Two out of the three of us know what the winter meetings are. Could you just kind of give a, I'm not going to say who. No. Could you just kind of give an overview of what is happening at the winter meetings? Like, what are these things? So once a year, the entire baseball world comes together for three or four days in a different location every year. They, they, they rotate it. Uh, the most people who are there are there for the minor leagues. These are minor league meetings generally. Huh. They're, they're people, employees in the minor leagues are there to meet with companies that want to do promotions that they're, you know, all the, all the companies that do the cups and the bobbleheads and the, all the new innovation for the promotions are trying to sell. It's a huge trade show. Oh. Then the major league part of the meetings is a lot smaller, but it's the part that everybody cares about publicly. Okay. Cause all the GMs are there. All the agents are there. Um, you know, and they're all meeting up in secret suites and having discussions and negotiations and you're getting trades, you're getting free agent signings and the entire baseball media world is there. Hence my presence in Nashville at the moment. Like, so and, I think we're here for the show. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I told my boss, I'm coming down for a uh, sports card. Does he listen? Yeah. No. He will uh, now though. No, we're, we're yeah. uh, and so, and so we basically just scour the hotel trying to find people to get information and then everybody follows us on Twitter and X, whatever it's called now, and they and they uh, get all the news as it's happening in real time. So, so big news comes out of this show, though. Like as far as like, well, the, yeah. So hang on to that point, though. Like, yeah. like the Soto, like you heard about Soto. Yes, right? of course. So yeah. it's sort of massive. Does that happen at the meeting? Like, is that a byproduct of that? Uh, yeah, I mean, they had been talking before, but sure. the fact that they're in the same place 
They're able to sit down. I mean, obviously, look, we're in 2023, almost 2024. Everything happens over text, cell phone, sure. email. But there's something different about, you know, executives being able to sit down across from each other in a room and actually have a conversation. And it's not, there's no, what's the context? All right, what did he mean by that? What do you have? What, mm. You don't get tone. You don't get yeah, any of that. No emojis. So I think there's a lot of, <laughs> Uh, benefit from being able to actually sit down across from each other. I mean, when the deal actually got done on Wednesday night, Brian Cashman was already back in New York. Oh, okay. So he they're not like sitting. They were they were pretty team. deep into it, uh, you know, and and it was pretty much done, but it wasn't actually like rubber stamp done. And then, oh, the night, okay, it, it finally it finally came to fruition. But um, you know, there were some signings this week. There were a couple trades this week. Some winter meetings are crazy, and there, I mean, there was one in San Diego in 2019. Where Garrett Cole, Steven Strasburg, and Anthony Rendon signed on back to back to back days. And it was like every wow. day another 200, $300 million contract being signed. Right. This week, until the Soto deal, it was like nothing. It was pretty quiet. <laughs> it was pretty quiet. And that's because Shohei Otani and the Japanese pitcher who's coming over, Yoshinobu Yamamoto, they're the two big dominoes at the top. Once they fall, there will be a ripple effect down, and you'll start seeing. Cody Bellinger sign and Matt Chapman sign and Blake Snell sign, but they're all waiting for the biggest hitter and the biggest pitcher on the market to set the market for this year. And then once those two guys sign, you'll start seeing a flurry of activity. So in the case of this, like, are you going to see representatives from every team in the league at these meetings or only the ones that have, you know, something to gain from it? Well, so we only see the people we can find. And they're all holed up in their respective suites for the most part. Okay. You may catch people running through, walking through the lobby or going to a restaurant. Uh, a lot of my business is still orchestrated through text and, and phone calls, but okay. you do run into people. Uh, you know, if there are people you have a particularly good relationship with, you may go meet them for a coffee or you may go have a drink with At them. At the Cascades. Uh, is that still there? The Cascades? Every, the- everything is still there. <laughs> so I have my first case. You've been there before? I, I am hoping. <laughs> Bro, keep it I don't want to say this. Uh-oh. I'm hoping never to go there again. What? Opryland? Hang on now. Blasphemy. I, I love really? Nashville. It's been my wedding night there. You know there's I a Dave and Buster's right behind it. Let me ask you, were you there for 96 straight hours without leaving? <laughs> That's fair. I was there for about three hours. It's, and only it's about- a beautiful hotel and they've got the sure. whole Christmas set up. And if I wasn't there working where I could like go outside for a minute, it'd be great. Okay. You've seen the place. There's a big glass dome over it. Oh, yeah. You feel like you're in the Truman Show. The H- movie. Yeah. Sure, and that's right? my dream. Where you feel like you're outside, but you know you're not. So you're just breathing and recycling. Like the air. riverboat. My <laughs> brother, my sister was proposed to on the riverboat. It's a, it's, a, it's a beautiful place, but you don't ever want to spend 96 straight hours there without leaving. Okay. My whole romantic life and my family is sounding like it. Nate proposed to Kara there. I had my wow. first kiss. I spent my wedding night there. You know, I would like to think Brian Cashman was behind the atrium. I mean, behind the waterfall, the little hidden pathway. Yeah, literally, like, all right, you want soda? We need a six round pick. I I went there. We lost some kids running by the. Waterfall tell you, if there was a, if it, all you had to give up was a six round pick. Yeah. The Yankees would be in pretty good shape right now. <laughs> I went there with my wife actually for a prom, but since I wasn't actually going you to prom, went to prom in one year, yeah, my Did senior you? year, yeah, and I, but I didn't Maybe go one with year. Do people go more than one year. Yeah, yeah, multiple really? years usually. So I mean, some junior prom, my yeah, son, my son had or if you're like really popular, if you're really popular, the girls get to go multiple years. I did not, but I did go that senior year, and I did not go with my wife. She was there you go with, with another guy. I asked her to go with me. She turned me down awesome. to go with another guy. I'm assuming she wasn't your wife at the time. She wasn't, but she should have <laughs> known better. 
She should have known, but I'm sorry, baseball. Who did you go to the prom? Uh, Lindsay Peterson, uh, sweet girl, really funny. She sounds terrible. I have a whole, there's a whole <laughs> lot of story that goes behind that, but we do not have the time. And that, none of it relates to baseball that I can remember. Okay. So I'll, let me I'll get change. back to the Soto thing then. Because uh, Mark, you're in the card market. Most of the listeners know that too. Uh, we got this question today. I had a buddy, matter of fact, uh, Frank Mello, buddy, you know him, Jesse. Yes. Oh, yeah. He has like three or 400. So he's been on the Soto train forever. So he's got these things for nothing. His first question is like, so what do I do with Soto? You know, I've got all these autographs. I am very conflicted as to what to tell people because I thought Soto was going to explode in San Diego. Like that was a perfect spot. I mm-hmm. thought for him protecting the lineup. It obviously didn't work out great. What, like if you're, you're a card guy right now, you've got 10,000 bucks in Soto cards. Are you selling today, or do you think there's like an explosion when that team goes? Was up? that an exaggeration, or do you actually have like two? No, 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 oh, okay. No, I thought you did. I'm saying if we. Oh, oh, okay. Don't worry, boy. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know. I think if you if you see a spike in his cards right now, I might sell some. Okay. I don't. I'd, I'd hold some for sure because you know I thought he was going to explode in San Diego. He had a monster year last year in San Diego. The team just wasn't very right. good. I was going to say one of the best years nobody cared about. Last but he's going to go to the Yankees. He's going to be on the front of every magazine. He's going to be on the front of every newspaper. Right. There's going to be on every TV show and every podcast. And he's got he's going to be one of the top three stories going into the season. Sure. And if the Yankees win. Not the World Series, but if they're a winning team again, they get back to the playoffs, they mm-hmm. get past this terrible year last year, he's going to probably hit him behind Aaron Judge. Yeah. Um, How long until we see, by the way, the modern day Maris Mantle comparison? Uh, well, <laughs> is that already out? If they're both getting up towards, well, you know, when Stanton and Judge were together the first time, that was the, you know, uh, big home run guys. Right. Soto's more than just a power guy. He's, he's a, a great, great hitter. hitter. Right. 400 plus on base every year. Um, the dimensions of that stadium are going to help him. Yeah. The biggest question is going to be, how does he handle New York? Because every big star that goes to New York, that's the first thing is, is he going to handle the bright lights? Because the, the a Tuesday game in July means as much to that city and that fan base as a playoff game does other plays. Everything oh, is yeah. the bright lights and the scrutiny all the time. Not I like think the, he's going to handle it Not like it the fine. Nationals. A little, little different than well, the Nationals. were <laughs> the World Series. And sure, won, but I yeah. mean the media and all sure. that. Totally different. But, but I, I think he's going to handle it fine. I think he's going to be a star there. I think he'll eventually resign there for some ungodly amount of money. And, he's uh, a kid, right? Was he 25? 25 years old. Yeah. He's already been traded twice in his career, so which is crazy. Does this essentially mean uh, you know this is coming from probably a big novice? Uh, no, no, don't. I know. I'm, I'm gonna. Boy, I'm gonna admit on. it this time. It, does this essentially mean that there's no chance that Otani goes to Yankees? There was almost no chance he was going to the Yankees anyway, okay. because they do have Giancarlo Stanton in their lineup. Okay, he's essentially a DH. He does not play the field very often. Gotcha. Otani doesn't play the field. He's a DH. So. They've got $100 million wrapped up in Stanton mm-hmm. and no place to put Otani if they got him. And Stanton has a no-trade clause. They can't just get rid of him if they wanted to. So Otani really wasn't in play for the Yankees to begin with. Yamamoto, the pitcher coming over from Japan, mm-hmm. is expected to get somewhere between 250 and $300 million. The Yankees are going to be in on him in a big way. I think it's going to be a bidding war between the Yankees and the Mets is going to be just catnip for the New York media. But there's no news, like, as far as that came out of these meetings, anything to do with either of those players? Um, no, Otani, it looks like, uh, could sign in the next handful of days. The Dodgers and the Blue Jays are the two teams that are really considered the favorites at this point, which is okay. interesting because coming into the offseason, I wouldn't have put the Blue Jays anywhere near it. No. Because even if they wanted him, you're like, he's not going to Canada. He doesn't want to live in the Northeast, let alone in the, you know, right. the really North, Northeast yeah. country. Hmm. Um, but they've made a huge push for him. He met with them last week. 
And, really? and apparently he, he, he's interested. So, uh, Dodgers and Blue wow. Jays, I think there's still an outside chance the Angels try to keep them. And I think they, you know, they're not out of it yet. Um, but, but I think there's definitely the market for him is starting to at least become a little clearer. And I wouldn't be surprised if, let's say a week from now, he signed. So gun to your head, where's he going? Dodgers? I've said the Dodgers all along. I, I've said I would take the Dodgers mm-hmm. against the field. Oh, really? All along. I thought he was going to the Mariners. There yeah. was like that little bit of rumor. I was like, dude, him and J-Rod together would be awesome. There was a lot of hype at the All-Star game. The All-Star game was, was in Seattle excited. this year, and the fans, when Shohei came out to hit, I think, during a home run derby. Oh, we snuck in. We were they, all, they, were all, they were all chanting, <laughs> we want Shohei, come here, Shohei. Yeah. You know? And it was it was fun. It was good. The fans would love him. But, you know, the Mariners just gave Julio a boatload of money. Yeah. You know, they're, they've got a good payroll, but not you're adding $50 million on there. Um, I'm not sure that... Well, uh, Dodgers are about to spend five hundred million. I don't know if you saw the new gondola setup they've got going over at that stadium. Big deal. Traffic is so bad during game days that the Dodgers are going to they're instituting what they right now, the plan is five hundred million to send a gondola from a mile away. People ten thousand I think they said ten thousand people an hour. Uh, to the game, like that's how many they can move in that gondola. I don't yeah, know. I'm happy that when I have to cover games there, I get there at like two o'clock in the afternoon. So yeah. I have to deal with just regular LA traffic, not like <laughs> six thirty Dodger Stadium traffic. I okay. <laughs> I, um, I, I was actually that is interesting though. If he went to the Blue Jays, that would actually be wild. That team's already really good, and Bo Bichette and Vlad are like the two best players who get no hobby love. That would actually be kind of interesting. The only thing to me that's interesting about that is if they sign Otani and you're going to invest 500 plus million in him. Right. Vlad and Bichette have two years left till they get to free agency. Yeah, you can't afford Will you, you, I certainly don't think you'd be able to afford both. So, you know, you'd basically have a two year window with those three guys together. Right. To try to win. And if it happens, that's great. Uh, you know, Soto, same thing. The Yankees have him for one year. Right. And then he's going to get paid. Obviously, he's, he's going to make like five hundred million. And, and the Yankees, stupid. I mean, certainly, I think over four if he has another year like he's accustomed to having. Right. Um, but the Yankees, at least this year, they'll get a good look at him. How does he fit in the clubhouse? How does he fit in the city? How does he like the stadium? How do they like him? How does he like them? Sure. It'll be a good year long getting to know you in advance of basically being able to answer every question you'd want to answer internally before you hand a guy four or five hundred million dollars. Um, I think going back to his hobby situation, because I think that's what you guys usually talk about. What? Um, yeah. I listen. I don't, I don't make any <laughs> uh, I think, uh, you know, if his price spikes huge right now because of the trade and the hype around him going to the Yankees, selling is not a terrible idea, but I don't think holding is a terrible idea. At this point, I think buy, if you want to invest in Soto, you better do it right now because I don't think his prices are going down at this point now that he's on the Yankees. He's right. going to rake there. They'll win at some point, and if he wins in New York, oh, that, that will goes escalate. Him and Judge might be, you know, two of the top five guys, you know, going upward in terms of their value. I like that. Well, they had a good team this year. What was the issue? What what a lot of fishing injuries, a lot of a lot of injuries all over the place. Rizzo had a concussion. Judge missed two months. Stanton was banged up a little bit. The pitch, other than Garrett Cole, the pitching rotation was Terrible. a disaster. It was just injured. Okay. And the AL East is literally like the, the greatest division. Unbelievable. <laughs> okay. The Orioles winning 100 games. Like, what? 
world we're in. Any other like rumors that maybe we haven't heard of yet from the coming from the meetings, like anything move wise you suspect may happen? That anything has, you want to break here? Breaking news. Uh, Hit I don't the think music. would be happy if I was breaking news here. If, if, uh, he doesn't even listen. He's not going to yeah, know. This doesn't come out till five. What are you going to post between now and five? Just say it. Um, no, you know, a lot of talks, like I said, those two guys at the top are holding everything else up. Okay. There were a few. Eduardo Rodriguez went to Arizona last, late last night. Uh, Jimer Candelario, the third baseman who was with the Cubs, who got traded to the Cubs last year. Uh, from part of the, uh, he used to be on the Tigers. Yeah, yeah, okay. He signed with the Reds, which is really interesting to me because the one thing you thought the Reds didn't need was infielders. They've got Ellie De La Cruz. They've got Matt McClain, Spencer Steer. They have plenty of infielders. I think there's a chance that they now take some of that young infield depth. Guys who have gotten some hobby love in terms of like sure. first Bowman's and that kind of thing. Yeah, Ellie's ridiculous. Well, Ellie was and even McLean, though. I mean, yeah. he sells well, no? I wouldn't be surprised if they try to use some of that young infield depth to go trade for a starting pitcher. Maybe a Dylan Cease, maybe a Tyler Glass now, somebody like that. Because pitching is so expensive on the free agent market. Sign Candelario, it's going to be a lot less money. Mm-hmm. Use some of your young infield depth to bring in a big pitcher you have under control for a year or two. And so I think that's something, but honestly, everybody's just waiting for Shohei and Yamamoto. Those, those, Blake Snell's won two Cy Young awards. And no one cares. I don't hear, I didn't hear his name once the entire week <laughs> because crazy. it's, his market is not going to start to get clarified until Yamamoto signs. Yamamoto is going to be the rookie chase next year, even though he's a pitcher. And I know really? pitchers are terrible. Is he gonna, he's going to be on an opening day roster somewhere. He'll they expect be, that deal will be totally he will done. Be an opening day starters. Well, okay. so the way it works hmm. is when you get posted from Japan, when a team posts your player from Japan to come to the majors, there's like a 45 day window to sign. So he has to sign by January 4th or he can't come to the majors. Which is actually good for the hobby then. So he will be a rookie at next year's product. He will be. Be I don't think he'll be series one. My guess is series, series two, two which is actually great because you, you have, if you have a huge rookie, in series two or update, that's a big change. This year's update did not have that guy. Yeah. And, and like next year, I would imagine like Ellie has to be series one. I do wonder where Dominguez and Camonero go next year. Uh, well, Camonero hasn't even been in the big leagues yet, so he's not going to. Oh, be he didn't get called up at the end now. of the year? I don't believe so. I don't know why I thought he played like 10 games or something stupid at the end of the year. I don't think so. I, I would okay. guess that Dominguez is series two or update. Is he healthy again? Um, or will no, he be? He, well, he had Tommy John surgery. Right. They're expecting to get him back late next summer. So he could come back for like oh. a two-month thing at the end of the year. Imagine putting him in that lineup with Judge and Soto. He hit right away this he year, hit though. right away. Yeah. Showed he was not afraid of New York, was not afraid of Major League Pitching. Yep. Uh, he's going to be a big chase in one of those products as well. But the fact that he's going to be out for the first half of the year, at least, I think tempers that a little bit. Yamamoto is going to come in and be a star immediately. He's going to be an opening day starter for whatever team signs him most likely. or Big market team. team. He's he's going to be a guy, and Dang. I, I never understood why pitchers don't. We've just Strasburg. He killed it. We've Steven Strasburg ruined the entire pitcher market for everybody. I mean, we've discussed. This I know I, I, pitchers like when I first started getting back into the hobby, I was looking at all right, what guys do I want to invest in? And I said, all right, Nolan Arenado, that guy's going to be in the Hall of Fame sure. today. I love him. I'm going to buy some of his stuff. Uh, Chris Bryant didn't pan out as well for me, yeah. but he was on the path you know, though. MVP rookie of the year, yep. Cubs World, World Series, Series. and then I said. Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander, yeah, Verlander. lock Hall of Famers, sure. you know, best pitchers of their generation. It's amazing. I mean, nothing. Nobody cares. Even with postseason success, yeah, it is Strasburg. Okay. Does it change with this guy? The new, what did you say, Yamamoto? I think Was it'll it? change in terms of like short term. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, like if he's the big rookie in Series Two, sure, or update, 
he'll be a chase. I don't know that he'll be a long-term guy, but I think you'll you'll have a lot of hype around him right away. It won't be like Julio's rookie, I think, was an update, right? Two years ago. Oh God. That's I think a good he question. was up. I think he had some insert autos in series two. And then I think his actual I think you're flagship right. rookie was an update. I think you're right. And so yeah. that was the chase update. Yep. Okay. This year, Adley was the chase in series one. Um, you know, Gunner ended up being a huge chase. Yeah. Corbin Carroll ended up being a huge chase. Sure. Um, but if you could they, stretch one of those guys till the end, like this dude, right? Like Julio, when he was an update, right? That's that's going to be that's going to be a guy that you know, you all of a sudden, whatever team signs him is going to be one of the the big teams in every BYT. And we'll get to see him because I mean, update doesn't come out till end of the year, so he'll right. have like so a few if he's months. As good as advertised, then all of a sudden. So I do wonder, like, what other stuff they would if they would sneak him in some of the auto stuff before that. I don't know how that would work. Triple threads or random stuff. Um, all right, you mentioned Hall of Fame. I wanted to get to this quick too. You have a Hall of Fame vote. I do. How many voters are there, by the way? You know. Um, it changes year to year because they change the rules um, at one point where if you haven't, so you have to be covering baseball and be a member of the Baseball Writers Association for 10 years. Okay. After your 10th year, you get a vote. Automatically? Or? Automatically. If you oh, have 10 wow. consecutive okay. years, you get a vote. It used to be once you had that vote, you had it for life. Even if you retired, even if you stopped covering baseball. Some years ago, they changed it where if you no longer cover baseball, you keep your vote for five years. And after five years, you lose, you lose it. Okay. So you have some people who no longer have votes, and then you have the guys who New are guys and gals who are just getting to their 10 years who are now first-time voters. So right. it's usually roughly about 400, which okay. means you need roughly 300, 300 to, get, to in. get in. Okay, so here's my question. To get I, I, 300 people to agree on anything is really difficult. Well, especially with those old dudes. God, I remember growing up to baseball writers, there's literally just like a bunch of decrepit old men who were like, <laughs> nobody gets 100%. Um, I, this has Thankfully always... That changed. Yeah. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Mark? <laughs> I, hate, I, I hate old people. <laughs> thoughts on geriatrics? I've always, I've always really disliked the whole. Well, Joe DiMaggio wasn't a first ballot, a hundred percent, or yeah, so first Griffey ballot can't Hall be. Famer, so Griffey can't. Be I know. Or, I, that's you know, Willie Mays didn't get a hundred percent, so nobody's got a hundred percent. The uh, guy who didn't vote for Griffey, or for you know whatever name, any. I think, Mar- th- I think there were three who didn't vote for Griffey and one who didn't vote for Jeter. Yeah, throw him out. Mariano was the only, isn't he the only Mariano unanimous? Mariano was the only unanimous Hall of Famer. Not even a real position. Really yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is something I've always, I, I'm surprised I never asked you this. Maybe I have. I have never understood. Again, I've never had a vote and I'll never have a vote. I don't know how to write my own name. I don't understand why a guy will be on the ballot for 10 years and then he's all of a sudden Hall of Famer. Like in my head, I'm always just like, you've had five years. I look back, great or not. Yes or no, but it doesn't change in my opinion. Like, how does that work? Like, what is the mentality behind that? Well, I can only speak for myself sure. and the way I voted. You can only vote for 10 players. Do you have to? Is there a minimum? Nope. You can vote for zero to okay. 10. Some people will turn in a blank ballot. So that counts as a voter, even though nobody's getting a vote from them. Okay. Right? Okay. Because if you don't turn in a ballot, that reduces the number of people who are voting and oh, you, you've got to get the percentage get in. okay so some people do turn in blank ballots not often not a lot but a few people. sure um there have been many years that i've been voting that and this is purely because of the ped era mm-hmm. where guys like bonds and clemens weren't getting the support to get in but they were getting enough to stay on the ballot you need at least five percent of the vote to stay on the ballot okay um so there were years where i would look at the ballot or 30 people on the ballot and i said i've got 12 guys i want to vote for I can only vote for 10. So then you have to start thinking, okay, uh, how do I decide which two I'm not going to vote for? In some cases, it might be guys who are, I just think, were a tick below the other guys. Mm-hmm. Sure. In some cases, it might be 
I don't know if this guy is going to get enough support to stay on the ballot. I want to vote for him to keep him on the ballot because once the ballot thins out a little bit, I think he'll get more of a look. So whoever I've left off the ballot, I always go back and look at them again the next year. Sure. And my group, and if I have more than 10, maybe my criteria for them changes and I get them on the ballot. Some guys, like I was not a Larry Walker voter the first handful of years. Mm-hmm. Thought he was a, thought he was a Hall of Famer. But in my, I have 13 guys and he's going to be one of the three I leave off. Mm-hmm. As it got to his eighth, ninth, you have 10 years on the ballot before right. you drop so off. So as it gets to the end. As like, it got to his eighth, ninth, tenth, I was like, you know what? Like I'm seeing him trending in the direction towards getting in. Okay. I believe he should get in. So I'm going to vote for him this year and try to add that and try to help push him over the line because I believe he should be there. So a lot of times it just comes down to space on your ballot. Some people will just just do deeper dives and just, you know, talk to more people. Talk to what I really like to do a lot of times is talk to players played with and against those guys. Sure. Because they have a better view of these oh, guys. So you'll actually you know? reach out to people before oh, you're making the decision? Ballpark or yeah. I know if I run into somebody or I'll call somebody if I know them. Oh, okay. But look, I take it seriously. I think it's an honor to have this vote. Absolutely. I take it seriously and I'm not just going to, I don't just get my ballot and be like, yeah, good, good, no, 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 good, good, good. All right, let me mail it back. I, yeah. I, can you imagine if I had a ballot like on one of my ADD weeks? <laughs> like, nope. I just send it back in. It just says go die. That's all it says. Like, what does this even mean? I, I, I pour over it. I do a lot of research. Now, every year I will start out by looking at what I did last year, which guys I voted for didn't get in. Mm-hmm. And I'll start with them on my list of guys that I'm likely going to vote for. Do you ever if, not yeah. vote because not vote for someone because you think everyone is going to vote for no, them? Okay. No, I, Cause that, that is also part of the unanimous thing. Yeah. Like I knew Mariano was going to get in. Mm-hmm. I could have not voted for him to put somebody else on the ballot yeah. to make sure they get, but how am I going to, if I, I turn in a Hall of Fame ballot, Without Mariano Rivera yeah, on it, it's going to be some judgment. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You know? Okay. So let's get specific. Then. I, I mean, the, like this year's, I am curious about the, the this year's, the new candidates. The only one I thought was a first ballot Hall of Famer, which I think we've already talked about, Adrian Beltre is a lock, right? Uh, I think I heard you say this a couple weeks ago. Anybody who doesn't vote for Adrian Beltre either never watched him play or just isn't paying attention. That's correct. I was because, probably more derogatory, but yes. Yeah, I'm not going to say that. that. He's ridiculous. Like 450 home runs, 3,100 hits, gold glove, like awesome. Okay. Yeah. Is there anybody else? See, I don't think there's another first ballot guy. The only one of the new guys that I think. Well, hang on here. Deserves, Joe Mauer. Deserves a look is Joe Mauer. Interesting. So here's my one. And again, it doesn't matter because I'm not a novice. My one knock against Mauer is. If he was a catcher his whole career, I'm like, okay, solid stats, like cool. But he played first base at the end, and I'm like, he had very underwhelming numbers in a short peak. Yeah, he also won three batting titles. He won an MVP. I know. I know. So I the know. awards come into play. Twins. He took oh, awards definitely come into play. Yeah, he took the Twins to the playoffs several times, and that was not exactly a powerhouse <laughs> Twins team. Sure, he yep. was he was the guy on that team, and with Justin Morneau. And you Did know, Morneau win an MVP? Morneau won an MVP in 2006. Derek Jeter probably should have won the MVP. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, Santana. I was going to ask you the name of the pitcher. He was a bad dude. He was, he was like Pedro. Stuck on a crap team forever, and they finally got a little... Okay, so like, is, can I ask you specifically if you voted for somebody? Is that not I haven't done my... I've been done okay. my final ballot. I will tell you, I am I am near certainly going to vote for Beltre and Maurer on the first ballot. The one guy this year who I think I'm... I'm looking at, and I don't know where I stand on him yet because I haven't quite done enough digging as Chase Utley. Somebody else brought this up, and my initial reaction was, what? like, not even close. Yeah. But then, I I mean, yeah, part of the Phillies, I mean, okay. Do you, it, 
what do you think Maurer gets in this year? Or do you think he probably waits? I would say he probably waits. Okay. Um, I think there's a chance he gets in. Oh. I think, I think Beltre gets in. I think Helton gets in. And I think there's a pretty decent chance Billy Wagner finally gets in. He was at 68% last year. Um, usually once you get around that 70%, I think more times than not the next year, you're a lot people sort of like I was saying, people, people who weren't voting for him either because they didn't have enough room on their ballot or whatever will look at it and say, all right, he was eight votes away from being in last year. I think he should be in. I'm going to vote for him. Billy Wagner was a guy I didn't vote for for several years. I voted for him last year for the first time. And that's part of, you know, he got up to 68%. Okay. So, um, but he needs 75, right? 75%. 75% to get in. And it, it, that it's a really high threshold. I mean, sure. Like I said, getting 300 baseball writers to agree on anything is a really difficult thing to do. We like to argue with each other more than agree with each now, other. Now, Billy has one more year, but Gary, Gary Sheffield, is, this is last this year. Is last year. Do you think there's a chance yeah, that other people... What's the deal people... with Sheffield? Was it Juice there I forgot about? Yeah, Sheffield was okay, involved. Okay, he's got 500 the, home runs. Sheffield was involved in the, um, the Balco... Oh, 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 that's right. And, okay. And he said it's he Balco controversy. It was, a, it was one of the big things back oh. in like the mid 2000s and, um, Bonds and Giambi and guys like that. Okay. Sheffield apparently reportedly used the, the cream Same and the clear or something too. Right? And, and, but he said he didn't know it was steroids. He was told it was a recovery, whatever it was. Sure. Now I covered Gary Sheffield for three years. When you talk to Gary Sheffield in person, he looks you in the eyes with such a fierce like uh, conviction on what he's saying mm-hmm. that he could tell me this guy is purple. And I'd be like, yeah, it's probably purple, <laughs> you know? So I, I am a Gary Sheffield voter. He's okay. one of the most fearsome hitters of his generation. Yeah, absolutely. I think one thing that hurts him is that when you think of most hall of famers, you identify them with a specific team, right? Todd Helton, Rockies, Joe Maurer, twins, Eric Jeter, Yankees. He jumped around. Right? Gary Sheffield played for like 17. Same with Beltray, by the way. Beltray jumped yeah, around, but right? He was with Texas for a, a good stretch. That's true. Um, okay. he was with the, you know, Seattle for four years. Like he, he had, I think Texas is the one that he identifies with the most. Okay. Sheffield didn't play more than three years anywhere. Did he win a ring with the Marlins on one of those random yeah, years? Yeah, the 97 team. Yeah, yeah, okay. He was part of the World Series team and then the sell-off that followed. Yeah, that's right. That was when the Sox had Beckett, right? No, that was way later than that. That one. was after 03. Okay, yeah, okay. I don't know if you mentioned this already. I was curious about A-Rod. Like, do you vote for him despite the... Oh, yeah, what's your juice? What's yeah. the policy? <laughs> Brian Kenny from the MLB Network, who is very anti-steroid guys in the Hall of Fame, likes to tell me that I'm soft on crime. Because I, how old is this man? Uh, older than me. But, yeah, there you um, go. <laughs> he, but but Brian also has probably a better grip on on Hall of Famers than almost anybody I know. Uh, he is he's a guy who hosts the Hall of Fame ceremony. He is very uh, passionate about the Hall of Fame. He's he's he talks about it all the time. He loves it. Um, like by the numbers, A Rod's a Hall of Famer. There's no question, right? Of course. I vote for the steroid guys because I, I don't. There are guys in the Hall of Fame who probably use steroids. Yeah, of course. There are guys who are getting into the Hall of Fame who probably use steroids, right. but weren't caught. I, I just can't delineate between them. I think I we're agree here. This I can't amazing. be the judge and jury on stuff. Now, look, I don't have to be a judge and jury on A Rod. He was found guilty. Right. One so, of the few, though. So there are some voters who are, I will vote for guys who had the cloud of suspicion around them, but mm-hmm. were never, you know, busted. So Bonds, Bonds, Clemens. Etc. Right. Um, Clarify this for me, though. For those players you just mentioned and others, they get caught while they're still playing. 
and then they stop using and continue to play. Is that ever taken into account? Like, okay, well, how did they do afterward? Were they still a star and player? end of his career. Though. Yeah, I mean, part of it is okay. if you get caught when you're 35, and then your final four or five years aren't as sure. good as they were when you were 25. Well, of course, sure. If yeah, he stayed on steroids. He wasn't going to be as good as he was when he was 25. Yeah, so, Bonds, I guess I'm thinking like Tatis Bonds or something. The only, well, see, Tatis is going to be interesting. He's the only one ever though, and it's so prime. young. Like he's going to be interesting because he got caught at 23. Right. Yeah. So he so, plays 15 if more years. He plays years. 15 more years never test positive again yeah. and puts up Hall of Fame numbers, he's going to be a fascinating test case yeah. because we've never had, most of the guys who have been caught have been caught 30, 32, 33. Gotcha. Manny got caught at the end of his like career. Seven times. Right. I like that. You know what though? That's yeah. why I respect Manny. Never give up. He's like, you know what? Every year. <laughs> the other thing is, Manny, you know what? And I vote for Manny. The other thing is Manny played a number of years, six, seven years in the testing era during his big years. And never got popped. And never got popped. Yeah. Now, was he just doing a better job of hiding it? Manny's one of my favorite players ever to watch. He wasn't the sharpest tool in the shed. So the idea that he was, you know, using, Smart beating the system, system and, and outsmarting the league, sure. I find that hard to believe. My hunch is that Manny probably started using late in his career to try to just keep playing. Sure. Do you, I don't know that, but that's my personal hunch. Do you know any of these guys who are like hard on the no PED, but are card collectors? Because I'm just curious what how that correlates if they would still collect this guy uh, or if they're just like, no, all together out. The truth is uh, most of the guys who are really hardline anti-PED tend to uh, be on the older, you know, the more veteran writer side. Okay, sure. There are some young ones who are also, but sure. the old purists who, yeah. you know, didn't like the wild card and don't like PEDs and all that. Now, if this guy got caught, I'm not voting for him. I don't know. Most of those guys are collectors. So gotcha. the truth is I only know a handful of guys in my industry who are like real collectors and really, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know that there's a spread the word. of them. Honestly, <laughs> most of us, look, I, I worked in base. I collected when I was a kid. We yeah. went over this. I didn't do anything in cards for years while sure. I was covering baseball. Not because I thought there was a conflict or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I just, it wasn't something I was doing. I had a lot of, when my son got interested in it is when I got back. You got back in. So, yeah. You know, I think that's what, common that, you know, something that's something to bond you with your kid and something you and your kid can do together that that got me back into it more than anything. I can't, well, there's nothing. You can, <laughs> I'm just say right now. You're at, yeah, you, how many pictures of them do you have on your phone? Oh, dude. A million? Pissed all over me today, by the way. Just smiled all the way to the bank too. Long, jerk. Those are the biggest smiles. You're oh. at all these games. I am curious, like say this year specifically, have you noticed anything different as far as like the card market's influence? Because of course we got the debut patches that were introduced this year, but I know I've also seen like social media where they're like advertising, like oh, Fanatics is advertising on like uh, billboards and stadiums and stuff. I'm just curious, does does it come up at all with players, with anybody else? Because um, it almost seems like, and sometimes it's like, it's like the hush little corners, like, oh, you collect cards? Yeah, I collect cards too. It's funny. Don't tell anybody. I've talked to a couple of young guys this season. Uh, I'm not going to name who they are, but I've talked to name a couple them. of the young players, rookies, or even prospects. Like at the All-Star game, the Futures game. Yep. And I was talking to a guy, I said, by the way, I said, my son loves you. Because he's got some of your first Bowmans and he's, you know, he's hoping you're a star. Sure. And the guy started laughing. And one guy said to me, he's like, I'm actually trying to collect some of my own stuff. Really? To have for my kids someday. Oh, Bowman that's just cool. Bought his own super. Or, yeah. I yeah. That, that is cool. You know, it's, yeah. it's, uh, so I think the younger generation, because, because the hobby's gotten so popular on social media, especially yeah. the mm-hmm. younger generation of players, these 20 year old kids who are prospects or yeah. rookies. 
who see all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And they see Julio doing tops ads. Yes. That kind of thing. I think there's a little more interest. And plus, you know, these guys all know something about it because they all sign. They all exactly. sign that's, all their cards. Well, that's least, what I mean. Like, it's you know, not a secret. Money from it, so, yeah. no, of course not a secret. But I think some guys have sort of gotten a, a whiff of sort of what the market is about and, mm-hmm. and how interested fans are in it and sort of said, this is kind of cool. I want to get a couple of my big cards just to have. Yeah. Okay. And of course, if you're a big prospect and you, let's say you get like your super fractor. Sure. It's like investing you're not yourself. Selling, exactly. But you're not Giannis does it. Most likely. Right. That's true. Because if you're good enough where it's going to be valuable, you're making a lot of money in the big leagues. And if it's, if you're not good enough to make a lot of money, then it's you're not worth not anything. A whole lot of money. Out that's of your true. Cards, right. Yeah. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah. Okay. Trout has a big collection of his own stuff. Well, and Trout's like super involved with like PSA and grading. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's like following Trout, somebody on Instagram. Trout was one of the guys who said he was collecting a lot of his own stuff for, he his, is. for his kids. Oh, for his, for his kids. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, because we see him a lot. Speaking so, of Trout, how much more time does he have? I'm sorry. A lot. He's, I mean, he's only... I am so down on Trout. 32? I know, but he's like so always injured. Ever he's since I injuries. Ever since I got into sports, all I hear is, oh, he's playing great. And he's injured. <laughs> <laughs> and like the playoff relevance. I know it doesn't matter as much in baseball, but like, man, for, his, for the sake of his card market, can we just make like one run? Just one World Series. Right? Honestly, I think everybody who works for Major League Baseball and oh, Fox and TBS for that. and anybody who airs the playoffs yeah. would agree with you on yeah. that. <laughs> that uh, getting Mike Trout back to October would be a very good thing for both the sport and the hobby. If there's any proof that Vegas does not run all sports, it's that right there. Because otherwise, it, he'd already be there. All right, a couple quick names. And the only reason I bring up the Hall of Fame thing, too, is obviously as it relates to the hobby, you know, you see a spike. Sometimes you see a spike. Like, I don't think there's going to be a spike with Beltre stuff. Because Beltre moved around enough where a lot of guys, I don't think, he was never big anyways. But there are some other guys I think are weird. Like, Helton has a cult following. Yep. You think Helton's, like, pretty sure going in this year. I would be very surprised if he doesn't get in this so year. I, I, I think he was at 72% last yeah. year. Yeah, so exactly. So. so, like, that's a guy I think will have a significant bump. There's a couple, like, Billy Wagner getting in or out, I don't think it matters. Sheffield, almost any of these other guys, I don't think it matters. But there were two others that were always, like, fan favorites, well, three, that I am curious if you think they're getting in because it would be a huge bump. Uh, Andy Pettit is the first guy. Pettit, I, I just went over this to my brother. We were comparing like him, Yusina, Schilling. I know 300 used to be like the absolute lock gold standard. I see, it's funny though. 10 years ago, I would have said no to Pettit. Now I'm like, I actually think I would put Pettit in. I vote for Pettit. I covered Pettit for a very long time when I was on the Yankees beat. Right. So I know him. I really like him. It probably skews my on him a little bit. Sure. But I also watched him pitch a lot of huge games. Oh, see, yeah. Huge. He also got killed in a few of those games. He had a few games in the playoffs that were really bad. Sure. But he's got his, I think he has more wins than anybody in postseason history. Obviously, a lot more rounds to pitch and everything. Sure. The PED thing's going to keep him out. Um, okay. I was wondering know, about the impact there. He, he, that's going to keep him out because if you're not going to vote for Barry Bonds or or, or, or uh, Roger Clemens. Because Pettit also admitted it, right? Caught. Pettit admitted it. Yeah, I mean, okay. And Pettit said, hey, I used HGH right. two times to try to get back from an injury, and that was it. You know, it wasn't like a, he wasn't ingesting testosterone sure. or any of these other crazy drugs. He used HGH when he was trying to rehab his elbow, and he apologized a thousand I times. I remember he was super humble about it. And that. super humble about it. And, uh, you know, forgetting the PED part, I think he's, in a lot of people's eyes, a very borderline candidate to begin with. Yep. So if you're on the fence about him and then the PED thing comes in, it's over. Okay. So, cause and he, he's a pitcher. So why are you talking about him in the hobby? Done. Next guy. These <laughs> are the other two I think are interesting though. Cause I think again, not like the biggest stars of their day, but they would have a huge, I think significant hobby increase if they get in. Is Andrew Jones getting in? 
I don't know if he'll get in this year. I think okay. he's got a pretty good chance to get in, and I'm gonna I'm gonna kill you for a second, okay? Oh. Andrew yeah. Jones and Tory Hunter did not have the same careers. Here's the thing. Let they, me explain why. Let me tell you Can why. Can I, I also thought... explain after you? Yeah. Tory okay. You go four. first though. Okay. The team. Yep. yep. Here is my thing with them. Defensively, both Hall of Fame worthy. Nine gold gloves for Hunter, ten for Andrew Jones. Jones, above average home run numbers. Above average. Not great because when he played, but like four hundred and 30, 440, something like that. Mm-hmm. But Hunter had like 500 more hits. So less home runs, but Hunter had the hits, more home runs, less hits for Jones, and Hunter had a better average. How many more games did Tory Hunter play? Oh, did he? I, I, don't, I, I don't know. I'm trying to look it up right now. But, <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Uh, I don't know. That's one. Number two, Jones's power numbers were far superior. Jones. For that small peak, though. Jones won a World Series. Tory Hunter never got to a World Series. That's got to be a big. Jones, got, Jones won the World Series. Uh, you know, three rookie uh, year, right? They got to the World Series rookie year. They lost to the Yankees mm. that year. Oh, okay. But he had a monster series. He had two home runs in Game One, and right. so he had some big moments on the biggest stage. He won the World Series, um, and I just think with the power numbers, it's so rare to see a guy with the power numbers that Jones had for that ten year stretch, and to be a, the best defensive center fielder yeah, in the ten league. Ten gold gloves. Those things don't usually jive. What's so, keeping him out then? Um. Uh, he doesn't quite get to the total numbers, yeah. and his peak was great. The last five years of his career, he was a part-time player. He had some right. injuries. Like, he didn't have the career length of that dominance, but his 10-year peak was great. Was incredible. Sure. And I think uh, I'm a voter for him. I think, uh, I think he's got a chance to get it eventually. He might be one of those guys who... People look at him a little more and more like as he gets year to the eighth, ninth, tenth year. Okay, because like he is to me, like a guy people love on the hobby. So you're then a no on Tori. I'm assuming. I and I love Tori Hunter. He's one of my favorite people in baseball that yep. I've ever been around. I think he had a Hall of really, really, really good career. Sure. I don't think it's quite Hall of Fame level, um, but that's you know, saying somebody's border. If you say you're a borderline Hall of Famer, yeah, that's great. an unbelievable compliment. Sure. The Hall of Fame. Right, the top one percent of players who have ever played the game are in the Hall of Fame. There have been thirty thousand players who have played this game. Three hundred something are in the Hall of Fame. Pretty to good. say you're not in the top one percent, they always say that anybody who gets to the big leagues is in the top one percent of professional baseball players. Mm. So you're now in the top one percent of the top one percent. Right, like to be a Hall of Famer is really difficult. To say you are borderline means maybe you're in the top two percent of the history of the game. Sure, it's sort of like. I voted for this guy for MVP and I put him second. And they're like, what? You don't think he had a good enough season? I put him as second. I said he was the second best player in the league this year. Right. That's not an insult. People get insulted because he didn't vote for their guy number one. That's fair. Okay. Yeah, I was I actually can see your point a little. I did. I just, man, I remember Tori and I was like, there was a stretch where I was like, unbelievable fielder, like timely hitting. I know he didn't have like the huge postseason moments, but I did. I thought Tori was a guy who would have been interesting for the hobby at least. So... This episode is brought to you by Lincoln in the all-new 2024 Nautilus Hybrid, featuring a customizable 48-inch panoramic display, available Revel audio system, and available perfect position front seats with active motion massage. Oh, my God. The world isn't wide enough. Visit Lincoln.com to learn more. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford, or its affiliates. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, 
you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York. We want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by NetSuite by Oracle. As your business grows, you might start seeing some lag. There's too much work for your team, too many different processes, and it takes forever to close the books. If this sounds like you, you should know these three numbers, 37,000, 25, and one. 37,000 is the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. It's a cloud financial system that can help streamline accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25, that's how many years NetSuite has been helping businesses do more with less. And one, because your one-of-a-kind business deserves a customized solution for your KPIs. It's like when you come here for this podcast or when you check out your favorite website to gather all the info you need to make better decisions for your fantasy leagues. Well, NetSuite does that for your business and then some. It's one efficient system, one source of truth with everything you need to grow. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash ringer. That is netsuite.com slash ringer. Um, I do have one more question, but I, we do need to do a segment and then we do have a few, quite a few questions for you from Mailbag. By the way, Twitter here played 200 more games than Andrew Jones. That's yeah. very little. 500 more hits. Okay. All right. Sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, the real quick, the question is, Expansion, MLB expansion, any Are they coming to Nashville? Yeah. Are, are we, someone, I think in the mailbag, uh, I'll give them credit later. They were saying that White Sox are proposed, or there's talk of what? them coming to Nashville. White Sox are never leaving Chicago. Oh. Thank, uh, good. Cause unless it's oh. Cubs, I don't care. I think there <laughs> will the be, Cubs are there will <laughs> yeah, be expansion no. eventually. Nashville will certainly be one of the teams, I think. Bring it on. One please. of the cities that is certainly high in the mix. Nice. To get a team. Um, I think until the A's officially move to Vegas and that's settled mm-hmm. and the Tampa Bay Rays settle their stadium issue, whether it's in Florida, Tampa, St. Petersburg, okay. and they're moving. I think right now it looks like it's trending towards them getting a new ballpark in St. Petersburg, Florida, which will keep them where they are. Once those two teams are settled, I think MLB will then start to turn their attention towards looking at expansion. But until they figured out, what happens with those two teams? Because yeah. there's always stadium issues, and are they going to stay there or move or what? They needed to get those two teams settled. Once they're once the A's, if they do move to Vegas and that becomes official, and they are actually there, yes, and the Rays get their stadium figured out, I think then you'll start hearing more about expansion. And I think Nashville is going to be one of the team, one of the cities that is probably considered pretty seriously. So, but like best case scenario, what two years, another year before we would even I, hear anything? I wouldn't even to try to get yeah it. okay i i i'm not deep enough on the inside to have any idea of how what do we pay you for mark god <laughs> i don't know it's paid today that's awesome news <laughs> <laughs> you have an extra case or box or something hanging around that bottle of water wasn't free buddy <laughs> um what was i gonna ask I had something to ask next. Oh, God. Do you think, Jesse? Uh, so we do, every week, we do a weekly review of PWCC's auctions. This week, I thought we'd try and keep a little bit more on baseball topics, just because there's a number of cards that are coming up for auction. Maybe good, maybe bad. Mike has more baseball, I'm going to assume. I did try, but then I got distracted by Disney stuff. Do you ever go after, like, non-baseball? Like, what's your go-to collectible that's not a sport or do you even have one that's not a sport yeah um 
probably nothing current. I have, uh, I have a lot of old mid eighties, 85 original wrestling. Do you really? Yeah. Not really macho man that kind of stuff i got something that might be right up your alley you might be interested in is my uh 85 macho man which which i graded and it came back at sgc8 which considering it was in a box in my room yeah, in my basement for years i was pretty excited uh I, I know we've discussed this before i've got a, i've got a bunch of the original garbage pail kids oh dude um, nasty nick yeah adam bomb oh, you got an adam bomb I do. oh really i keep I think you graded a six too i was pretty excited. evil eddie got a 1.5 which i was a little disappointed Dang. about i but. swear to you i bid on one every week because there's always someone selling one and i always get outbid yeah. i don't know what to do so I, I don't know that i collect any non-baseball other than alan and ginter which obviously gives you a whole bunch of uh yeah there's and, a lot of options I, I think i may have told you this off the air are you getting in Next year's set. This is bull. Are you kidding set. me? Tell them you're not signing. Come on. I already signed. Are you kidding? You think I'm not going to sign because of you? <laughs> Leave Jesse. I'll, 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 I'll make a call for you and see if I can help you out. Get but, uh, phone. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I signed. It's Dang. the most exciting thing. So That's awesome. So the other MLB inside, Jeff Passan, Ken Rosenthal, sure. those guys have had cards in recent years. And my son, when he realized that and saw that, said, Dad, what? Where's your Got to get your card. And I was like, oh, really? So, I, so I, you know, did you just like reach out to someone? Like, hey, can no, I be in? They're like, it, yep, it, it, it happened. That's <laughs> okay, okay. And uh, it was, uh, it was very exciting. And so next year, forget Yamamoto, forget Ellie and the who deal. The chase next year <laughs> fine sand. is fine sand. Dude, Alan we're, we're putting out a fine sand. Oh my! Analogy. Oh, that would be awesome. Who sends us a fine sand autograph? They get that water bottle. They he never to, finished. What if, I, show? what if I go to talk to Tops where I do my autos? What if I do like a sports card nonsense one of one? Dude, sign an SCA. Dude, what if I do, do it? One we will put a, I'll put a South yeah. bounty, put a bounty on it. That's a bountiful thing. Right. Absolutely. All right. We got to go over a few actual cards from the auction. Then we can go over to mailbag. Um, the, I'll go first real quick just because I, I love all this old stuff. I keep finding really old cards on there and most of it is baseball actually, but there's also like just some really historic like cards who, who would have thought they'd have cards back then. There's a Mozart from Germany this 1906. It's a PSA two. I mean, current bids like 25 bucks. I, I know I'll probably be outbid, but I think I'm going to try and get that one. I'm going up all the way up to 50. Um, and then there's like a Albert Einstein. I, I don't know. Historical figures, I think are cool. I know it's not like a historical product where it's like actual signatures or locks of hair, like some of these cards can do, but like, I don't know. I think, I think it's cool. And then, um, someone was messaging us. I, one of our uh, close listeners, he was saying how Disney old Disney is the go-to non-sport play. If you're going to collect a card. And so I've been trying to get more of that. So there's this Mickey mouse, 1938 SGC six. It's at 42 bucks right now. I think I'm going to just do a little, do a little searching, see what I'm going to comp it. I, I am actively going to try and take that one down. So Never those are the learned. ones I'm going after. Those are my non sport. That's a good sound. I might use it later. I was a kid that like when big movies came out, like Star Wars, it wasn't like the Star Wars cards now. They were actual like, like frames from the movie on a card. Yes. Oh yeah. And, and I collected a lot of Star Wars cards. I collected. Batman in the late in '89 when the Michael Keaton, Jack Nicholson Batman they put out I a just, top set. I, I just got one. I won one last week. I, I won a Michael I have Keaton. A whole bunch of those at home. They're in terrible, they're not terrible yeah. condition, but they're not in great condition. Corners are bad and everything. I still have a lot of those at home in my basement, like in my in my collection. The card letter index actually shows. I think Star Wars is the best performing hobby index uh, this year. 
It just because those old Star Wars. Cards, that's the main ones. The yeah. ones from like '77 specifically, because that was like that first year for New Hope, I believe. Yeah. So that was the it was just called Star Wars. Yeah, exactly. Was, yeah. <laughs> so it was just Star Sorry, Wars I just card. Don't call it Star Wars. Uh, as someone who uh, was born in '86, I can't appreciate that as much, but I do understand it. Yeah, but it is the ones that everyone's going after. So that's, if you've I, got any, dust them off. Even low grades do well. Really? So yeah. I, I, you're going to make me go through my basement now and find those. There you go. <laughs> I'm, uh, you know, I was born in 74. And those, those are some of the first cards. Oh, that yeah. Where, you know, when I was three, four or five years old and, you know, I would we, go to the store and the cards would, my mother would buy me a pack just to keep me busy. Yeah. She did shopping or whatever, you know. So I, I have them all at home. I, I got to go. Dude, go check them out. Honestly. Yeah. We'll be getting some screenshots. That's going to be good okay. in the fine sand fountain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. What did you find, Mike? Anything of note? I'm trying to send Venmo to my landscaper right now, and I realized my talk to text was on. Oh, good! You got a good text is. message. So this is good. Yeah, a lot of good <laughs> stuff. All about Star Wars cards. A lot of good stuff. At PWC. He's confused about that last message. Um, so, a couple different things, real quick. I'm not bidding on these, but one thing: there are a ton of Larry Bird rookies this time. Oh, I, some of those are going to sell for stupid cheap, just because there's too many. I've been saying this. I've been saying this for a while with the autograph. These are not even autographs; just a bunch of the same exact slab. I do think as a buyer, when I see that, I'm like, yep. Nine of these are going to sell for full comps, and like one or two of those are going to just drop totally off the off the wagon. So, on the wagon, off the wagon, off the wagon. Yeah, you got so it. So, I would do. I, I think if you're in the market for a bird rookie, I'm bidding on that same stupid PSA 10 auto rookie. It's a PSA 10, PSA 7, 10 auto of the bird rookie. The triple. Yeah, I've been yeah. every freaking time. Hey, you know what you like? It's never even relisted either. It's just like always a different card. But I never win them because I'm cheap. <laughs> uh, there's a couple nice Griffey refractors. Eh. Uh, but the unopened box of 89 upper deck, I do like that. Like, you, especially Ooh, the low yeah. number, you get like two to three Griffies per. If you can get it for a decent price, the one card I'm throwing the bank at though this week, my set, the 1998 Topps Gold label set, there's a PSA 10 Griffey. It's a red label. So the red labels then were numbered to 100 to 50 or to 25. This is the class two number to 50. I've actually never seen a PSA 10. I bid like a thousand bucks. Oh, wow. And I think it's going to go for a lot more. So I, I don't really? know if I'm going to win it. But it's a pretty savage card. So, okay. Very we'll cool. We'll see. There are some super high end Griffies, though. The only other thing that irritated me is some of the Reds uniform, which I just refuse to bid on. <laughs> but, all right. The bird thing. I, some of those birds are going to sell cheap. So, um, mailbag, th- and then we're going to lunch. Yeah, let's do mailbag. I was going to mention, too, we are, we posted this, uh, was maybe a week and a half, two weeks ago. There's still a chance to win that Zion case. So, if you go to our Instagram, we put up this like thing. Zion uh, cases basically said we can give away one of their cases to anybody who like did whatever we asked you to do. I think it was just follow the page and comment with a couple people. We will pick a w- winner this weekend. You can either do it on the Facebook page or on our Instagram account. Um, submit your stuff there. You're good to go. And then last thing before mailbag is. If you have not already heard Monday's podcast, Fanatics Live is the destination for SCN breaking. And that involves $25 free, which is very cool of them. So if you guys sign up, you can use one of the links either through Facebook, the Instagram story that's out there and use promo code nonsense, all capitals. You get 25 bucks to spend for free. You have to spend it with us though. I don't know if you have to, but they should. So yeah, yes, we start, we start thank you, Mark. Yeah, exactly. We start at 7.30 tomorrow night, 7.30 Central Time. We've got incep- brand new Inception cases on there. There's a mixer. We're going to do singles. So, uh, yeah, should be a busy day. I was a card shop. Oh, okay. 
I was on there. So was I. Well, how much, <laughs> how much do you miss buying from Mike? Because he's going to be there live tomorrow uh, night. Well, tomorrow night might not happen because I'm going to be at a wedding. Bro, skip it. I'm going to be at a wedding. I'm really just Miami. I did schedule a show. Apparently, I scheduled it too far out for next Wednesday, where I do have everyone keeps asking, when are you going to do Pop Century, Lorcana? I've got both of those things listed in that show as well, if you guys are interested. I, I am curious because there's not a big non-sport, you know, presence on Fanatics Live other than Mama Breaks doing Star Wars. So I'm really curious to see how it goes. But either way, I'll be live just making a fool of myself. So come join. That's worth watching alone. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, remind me on Monday. I've got the breakdown of all my eBay sales with five star. I actually crushing a couple cards. I'll go over it Monday. Oh, nice. Okay. Cool. I had the single worst purchase of my career in cards, I think. Well, cards that I bought to flip. I've bought some big stuff. Oh, dropped. to specifically I bought flip. a Brady that I thought was a gold. I, he was like, it's 2000 bucks. I was like, yeah, perfect. So I'll pay 80%, 1600 bucks. And then I got it. I was like, first of all, it's not the gold. I'm just stupid. It was a case hit, like this expensive oh. card. Sold last night for 187 bucks. Oh. <laughs> that is not the best three month return I've ever had. Who did you buy it from? Do you want to name that person? His name is Mike. I bought a whole huge lot from oh, him. Oh, yeah, okay. It wasn't his fault. I just didn't comp it right. So I see. I see. Man, oh, man. Okay. Yeah, well, I saw the offer. Like, yeah, I can't get yes fast enough. I guess. You know what? I'll give 1500 Right. Yeah, and then Monday, we're also going to do that segment on the inserts from different uh, sports across the years oh, that have made an impact. What's Top's it? Gold is the longest running insert. Still oh, active. really? Top's mm-hmm. Gold. Okay, very cool. Shaq rookie. Well, maybe yeah, the Shaq, Shaq had that one. Okay, because I've got one of those Shaqs. Woody is in Mailbag. I want to know. Mailbag! Is that right? Yeah, I mean, we'll find out. We're going to go down the list. We're going down the list. Matthew King wants to know a question from Mark. This isn't a wild kid. (laughs) Hold on now. Who do you think is going under the radar right now as a potential great free agent signing? Great free agent signing. Cody Bellinger. Uh, Oh, that's not my answer. You know I love him. Uh, I don't care. (laughs) Here's the thing. He's going to cost a lot of money. So it's not not a matter of value. That's fair. I actually, Jorge Soler, to me, again, not a guy who's going to get a lot of love in the hobby, but I had 36 home runs last year, 40 something home runs a few years ago. His only issue is staying healthy, but he's not going to cost you, it's cheap, you know, $28 million a year for seven years. He's going to get a three year deal, you know, 16, 18 million a year. And if he can stay healthy, he can hit fourth in your lineup and hit 35 to 40 home runs uh, in a market where there's not that much power. I like Solaire for a team. There you go. Um, I can see him fitting in really nicely in Seattle, hitting behind J-Rock. I was going to say the Red Sox won't sign him. It's more than a million bucks. We, t- we, t- cheapskates. <laughs> we talked about this briefly with Otani, but maybe if you have any additional insight, David Jennings wants to know, outside of the taxes, why do players hate coming to Canada so much? Any cold? additional thoughts there? Uh, I think, yeah. I mean, for April and May, it's really still cold. Yeah. September it gets cold. I know they play in a dome, so there's not like the games itself are not an issue. Uh, there's also just a different culture. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it, the taxes are an issue, I think. Sure. Uh, they I, have poutine I though. I don't know that they hate going to Canada. I mean, you, they've gotten some free agents over the years. They just haven't gotten the biggest free agents. Um, but you know, honestly, I think as big as anything else is there was a long stretch where they didn't win. Yeah. And you know, when guys are, when they're finally get to free agency, yeah, the money's usually going to be the number one issue. But they also want to go to a place where they have a chance to win. You're noticing now, Kevin Gosman went there last year. They've gotten some free agents. They're 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 in the finalists here for Shohei. Yeah. Um, and maybe I it's think, changing. You know, I think the fact that they've had some better years, they've got some good young talent. 
I think that Toronto's a great city. I don't know if you've ever been there. It's a fantastic city. No, I want to go. Um, Trey Reeves wants to know, this is kind of a, a big question, but I think it's insightful if you've got a good answer. With many great rookies, such as Carroll, Henderson, Rushman, and Harris, which rookies would you invest in now for long-term hold? And which rookies do you see having a big impact on the game, becoming maybe even the next household name? We're talking about rookies from this year? Yeah. It looks like it. Yeah. Um, so we're talking about like next season. I think he's saying, or does like, he want from that? Group? Yeah, like the Gunner Adley class. Who are well, those guys? I mean, I think Adley is probably going to end up having the best career of the group. Really, the issue is catcher. He's a catcher, and yeah. it sort of goes back to the whole pitcher thing. Okay. Um, so, in terms of like straight hobby stuff, I don't know that I would say Adley because of the position. I think Gunner's. A I think hobby. Gunner. I, I think Gunner because I think he's got a chance. And it's ironic to say this since Corbin Carroll actually played in the World Series this year. But I think the Orioles have a chance to be a really special team for a lot of years here. Really? Okay. They've got this core of really young guys. So for the next five or six years, they're going to be really good. They need to bring in some pitching at some point here. But they've got a couple of pitchers on the way as well. The question to me is going to be when Adley and Gunner and Jackson Holiday, when these guys eventually... Will they pay them to keep them? Yeah. The biggest mm-hmm. advantage, people talk about the Yankees teams, the Joe Torre teams. The biggest advantage they had was not that they could pay every free agent. It was that they developed Jeter and Pettit and Rivera and yeah. Posada and those guys and then kept them all. Right. Right. Like, okay. they didn't let them go. Yeah. Jeter, Jeter didn't go sign with the Dodgers. And a lot of those guys sure. had hometown yeah. discounts. Like, not that big discount. Jeter made $189 million when he was 25 years old. He signed a deal for almost 200 million. It, back. it was the, it was the second, like a lot. It was the second or third biggest contract in baseball history at that point. That's a lot of money. Everything else you've said is accurate though. So we won't, we'll give you a slide on that one. Micah Blackburn, one hey, of our Tristan Costas is the guy for me. A dude can hit. Oh, 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 okay. I actually think long term and it, he's way better than Yoshi. Um, wise, he's better Costas than Yoshi. Is very good. Yeah. A dude he's can hit. Very good player. But Gunner, Gunner, I think just. Oh, Gunner's next level to yeah. me. I don't, yeah. Corbin, Gunner, but I think Costas is the guy you can get for pennies on those. Dollars. I actually really like Matt McLean too. Cincinnati. I the only thing that scares me there, really good. Ellie is just gonna. I think Ellie's gonna totally je- like dominate that entire market. I don't think since like no no teams have like two guys you buy. Really, like like Adley and Gunner. Okay, that is like the, Angels, but that is like oh, my, well, I'm talking for rookies though. Like, oh, okay. Eloy was the guy had like two great seasons back then. Then Robert comes in, it's over. Right, like almost always the one guy, like Ozzy Albies, great, like awesome. Soon as Acuna came up, done in the market for Al. Right. Mm, okay. So Adley and Gunnar are. Well, here's the thing. Right. I think Ellie had that amazing first month, and the hobby was going crazy sure. over him. You know, really, really crappy last month half. of the season. Yeah. Second half. I mean, he did. Once, once pitchers saw him and got a little tape on him, they found the holes in the swing, and all yeah. of a sudden it wasn't as good. So, whereas McLean was pretty consistent, I'm not saying McLean's going to have a better career than Ellie, or Ellie's going to have a better career than McLean. But there's a chance that McLean ends up being a better player than Ellie. Sure. And even though Ellie's flashy and he's huge and he plays shortstop and he's personable and he's got the big smile, if McLean goes out there and consistently hits better and the Reds actually become a contender at yeah, some we'll point, you know, and he's like sort of the the, sure. the rock of the team, then I, I think he's a guy who's not getting a lot of love now. You can probably buy his stuff pretty cheap. Oh, for and, sure. And I like him in, in terms of sort of long-term career. I like that. Okay. Uh, Michael Blackburn, one of our admins also for the Facebook group. not a wild cat. Not a wild cat. Hold on. Getting, you're holding your horses not very well. Ask him, uh, Michael says, ask him about MLB.com. When are they going to stream all the games not having geographical blackouts? 
I'm going to just not answer that question because <laughs> that is so far above my pay grade at this, at my company. Just I fix write, it, Mark. I write stories. <laughs> I go on the network and talk about baseball. Uh, I do not have any answer about that in uh, terms of when they're going to get rid of blackouts because I, I know it was a thing. We, tr- we tried, Micah. We really did. Sorry, Micah. Matt Shones, uh, where do you think Dylan Cease eventually lands? Cardinals, Red Redbirds or St. Louis? What is it? What does he mean <laughs> all by all the same? Those are all the same team. Oh, okay. Thank God. Cause I was like, I saw the Redbirds. Yep. Okay. Go ahead. The Memphis Redbirds. Yeah, yeah. I know. I was like, what the heck? Uh, I, I, you know, I'm not sure the Cardinals are going to be the team for Cease because, you know, they already went out and got Sonny Gray and they signed Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson. And, uh, you know, I think they've got some other things they're going to look at as Cubs. well. I think the Cubs, I th- here's what I was talking about earlier about Yamamoto's thing holding up everything else. Yeah. The teams that don't get Yamamoto are going to have to turn to somebody. It could sure. be Blake Snell, could be Jordan Montgomery, could be Dylan Cease, could be Tyler Glass now, could be uh, Corbin Burns, could be Shane Bieber. Like, there's a lot of guys on the trade market. There's not as many on the free agent market. So um, I could see it. To, you know, we just saw Jamer Candelario's third baseman sign with the Reds. Maybe the Reds try to use one or two of their young infield. I mean, they've got all the young infielders at the major league level. They've got Cam Collier and Sal Stewart, some of their top prospects, a lot of infielders. Maybe package they use some up. of those infielders, package a couple of them together. Here, White Sox, you just, you just got rid of Tim Anderson. You need a shortstop. For smaller market teams, trading for pitching is so much more sensible because the free agent oh. pitching costs so much. Interesting. Two years of control. So there's going to be a lot. There are a lot of teams interested in him. Okay. Michael Pratt. Hey, Mike, fellow Wildcat. Michael Pratt. Does he have a profile picture? There is, yeah. He says, uh, said you never met one of them in the hobby. I do the New Hampshire and Methune shows What's and that still. Name? What was that word? Methune? How do you pronounce it? Oh, Methuen. And still live in Haverhill. That's how you pronounce that one. Love the podcast and great insight and guest. That's you, Mark. He says, class of 01. So there you go. You got your one. I was a class of 04. Oh, boy. But you guys would have been in school at the same time. I wonder what this kid looks like. Oh, I can show you a picture. Yeah. Hey, Michael. No, it's not. It's not listed. Calling Cody. Calling somebody who graduated high school in 2001 old. And now really it's hurtful. It's hurtful. I'm trying to think. Oh, one. Sorry. I, I was going to say 12 years. Sure. So, that, well, we'll fix that in post. Cody James. <laughs> question for Mark. With the A's on the move officially, now do you, uh, now, do you now think that MLB will talk about expansion and what markets would you want to get a team next? Kind of well, what we talked about. We discussed that a little bit. I think Nashville's going to be in play. Portland, I think, is a team, uh, a city people are going to look at. Charlotte, uh, Montreal is going to try to, to get itself in the mix. They were only, you know, they were talking about getting the Rays at one point. Okay. Um, but think, they have to add two teams, right? They can't I, I, just do yeah, one. I don't think they would add one. I think okay. you got to keep it even. You got to keep it. It'll be 16 and 16 in the two leagues, I would imagine. Okay. Uh, so you're probably looking at two. Vegas, obviously, is out of the mix now because they're going to be getting the A's. There's going to be people who push for Oakland to get another team, sort of like the way in the NFL when the Browns left for Baltimore and then they eventually put another team in Cleveland. So okay, uh, that would obviously require a new ballpark in Oakland, which is the reason the A's are leaving to begin with. So I don't know that that's going to happen or not, but um, there, are, there are some really good candidates. I think there's some cities that are going to make some pretty impressive. San Antonio is another one that I think is oh, always, they always talk about um, San Antonio for everything. You know, so there'll be, there'll be a number of teams that'll, a number of cities rather that'll, Try to make a push to get those teams. There's a lot more questions. I figured maybe just one or two more. Unless I gotta you go to lunch, bro. And I gotta go so, do the tax. So. Mike 
Pirelli bounce back player, (laughs) bounce back player candidates. Who has the hobby forgotten about that's going to cause some noise next season? Give me this in advance so I could prepare to answer. I mean, it's okay if you don't have one. Bounce back candidates for next season. Um, I mean, Jason's got to be on the list. He's going to miss the first few months of the year. Domingo's? Yeah. I mean, his market's way down. Bounce back. I mean, he's. Well, hobby. I mean, his market is. Are you talking hobby or like. I think they're talking more hobby specifically, but yeah. Look, anybody who had a a subpar year this year, you know who I. Mike Trout. If Mike Trout can come back and play well next year uh, and he okay. can actually win something. I think, you know, <laughs> I think Trout staying healthy and the Angels getting to the playoffs is the only thing that's going to make his market bounce. Oh, so I think every year 100%. you say, all right, well, if Trout can finally do this, then that's right. going to help. Um, I think, uh, Devers is another guy, by the way. I say this every year. Super talented kid gets to know Hobby Love. And that team's crap, so I get it. But, so, at this point, I think this last question is probably going to be our best, our last one. Jared Carter with Bowman draft coming out next week. What is an appropriate hold time before giving up on or selling off a prospect who might not make it to the majors? Is it one to two years, two to three? I think that depends a lot on whether they're a high school kid drafted or mm-hmm. a college kid drafted. If you're talking about a first round pick or a second round pick who was drafted out of high school, Unless you're Jackson Holiday, which is obviously like he's like a mutant. Um, he's going to be, you know, playing shortstop for the Orioles at 19. A kid out of high school, you're looking probably isn't getting to the big leagues realistically if you're just even a good prospect for four or five years, oh. right? 21, 22 years old, maybe, sure. maybe tw- even 23. Um, so I think one or two years is definitely too short. To give up on now. Okay. If you see them playing an A ball or double A and they're hitting 189 and they can't get, you know, with, with two home runs and 12 RBIs the whole season, yeah, you should probably sure. at least put them in the back of your, of your box <laughs> and collect, sure. you know, your, your, your Bowman box. But um, I think as long as, I think to me, as long as you see a guy putting up good numbers in the low levels and steadily improving and moving through the system, I think you can, you can hold them and say, uh, you know, there's some some value there. To me, I, I always look at the Bowman draft or, or or the first Bowmans and say, if this guy is the hot guy right now, and you pull him in a break, you buy him whatever it is. If you get if that market's crazy right off the bat, that one mm-hmm. sell it. Get oh, it right remember what was it last year? Khalil Watson was the chase in yeah. that book. <laughs> When's the last time you heard his name? Sure, right. I mean, I'm even, not, and, I'm, and I'm not saying he won't ultimately be a really good. No, big but your point is right. Like even like Ethan Salas, the hype, Ethan Salas, the like, hype over these guys when they're in the product for the first time. Yeah, okay. Is Dylan Cruz when he's in Mickey I'm Moniak? Assuming, <laughs> I'm assuming Dylan Cruz will be in Bowman draft this year. He was the number two pick this year. Um, Tiger, no, not, uh, Tiger drafted Max. National, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Paul Skeens was the first pick, but he's a pitcher. Pitcher, yeah. But Dylan, Dylan Cruz monster talking about him maybe being in Washington as soon as this year. I assume he's going to be the, the guy, ever, although you know he's like, the number two. So I wonder if they'll hold him for Bowman. Yeah. Uh, maybe. But your point is correct. Like The amount of number one guy, I mean like 2017 is Acuna, but in 2017 it was, uh, what's that stinking kid's name? Oh, idiot. I brought this up, but I can't remember his name now. Kevin Maytan, Maytan, whatever. Yeah. He was the guy. Yeah. The guy almost, it is true, and Bowman and Bowman draft Bowman Chrome, I almost never I find up. it interesting seeing the prices of PYTs in Bowman draft or uh, just because it's interesting to see how the folks who are setting the prices determine like 
which guys are going to be the guys. Like sure. That year with Khalil Watson, the Marlins were the number one team in that chase every for every draft. Yep. Um, and all of a sudden, you know, it Not turned something. out to be probably five other guys in that product who are clearly moving ahead of him and and have oh. become the chases now from that year. But, you know, you just don't know it. That's why prospecting is so hard. That's yeah. why scouting in baseball is so hard. It's because a shot in the dark. You just have no, you know, I mean, I, I think amateur scouting is the hardest job in baseball. You're going to watch mm-hmm. high school kids play or kids play in the Dominican or 16, and you're trying to project what they're going to look like on the field, their body, their makeup, the whole thing at yeah. 22, 23, 24. It's impossible. I, I have so much respect for those guys. Do you know who Pete Crow Armstrong is? And if you do, what do you think about him? I think he had a wonderful spot on your podcast. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> That's what you're looking for, isn't it? Uh, the, okay. I was curious he's, what you thought. He's a, he's a good prospect. He's going to, he's going to be a guy in Chicago. He's a media trained too. He's going to be a dude. And, and you know what? He's entertaining. Guys are media trained at this point and they, oh, teams, tell you are, who's teams, not. teams are doing a really Bobby good Witt. Wow. <laughs> he's not listening to the podcast I mean go to our I, YouTube I, I like Witt, go watch the YouTube interview if anyone questions what I'm saying so uh, he's going to be a guy yeah. and I think he's uh, he came up with the Mets yeah he was in the uh, Javier Baez trade uh, oh that's right it turned out to be a great trade for the Mets no I was trying to think the Cubs got a bunch of guys back from that because that's the year they did Bryant Rizzo yeah everybody okay that's there like our go. most baseball heavy episode ever. But you know what? I love sitting over here. The atmosphere is so much it's more relaxed. Bad. I feel like we're not upset with each other as much over here. It's not. I mean, 10 minutes before we start yeah. recording. Do you want me to quit? I did, Well, I also asked, do you want to quit? I mean, there was two questions there. I wasn't. I would never quit. I just want to thank you <laughs> Neither would I. <laughs> we'll both so die in this. I like the in-studio guests. We have fun this with this. so much fun. I mean, yeah. like, Zoom is fun. I love coming on no, chatting with better. you guys. But much better than Zoom. This is uh, Absolutely. Great. You can hold your own, too. This is a pleasure. Please come back. Jeez. There you go. Sports Cards Nonsense brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network, powered by Spotify. We'll be back on Monday of next week and tomorrow night, Fanatics Live, the Sports Cards Nonsense store. Download the app. Come spend money. Uh, yeah, have a good day. See you next week. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans at Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client.